Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Celtic Soul Podcast with me, Andrew Millen. You're all very welcome to episode 16. My guest on the show will be champion boxer Scotty Cardle. This episode has been sponsored by Orange Skipile, Drahada. Thanks to Eugene, Tom and all the team for the support since 2001. Celtic take on PSG tonight in the last pre-season game in France as they build up fitness levels ahead of the season. It looks like they will get another run out at Celtic Park in another friendly game behind closed doors which will give all of us a chance to use our virtual season ticket to view the game. After Saturday night's game, we know that we have a decent start in 11 who all played out the last 30 minutes against Lyon. With Roderick, Johnson, Bayo and Griffiths all set to come back from injury or from building up their fitness, which will enable them to take their place in the squad and to try force a starting place. We know what three of them are capable of, but the jury is still out on Bayo. He's had few chances to impress Neil Lennon, all the Celtic fans. What we did learn from this preseason is that the team is short on quality backup. The squad needs new blood, with the goalkeeping position a growing concern. Scott Bain is the only senior goalkeeper in the squad, and no one will push him for a starting place. We need to strengthen at the back, especially in the central areas, as we need backup for Julian and Aya. Competition is healthy. We wait and hope for some new signings before the season kicks off, and we hope Neil Lennon and the board are walking behind the scenes to get the players in that we need. Like so many other football teams, Celtic took the knee on the pre-season tour, as did Rangers. And shame on their fans who racially abused their own players, including Morellis, for taking the knee in support of the Black Lives Movement. These are disgusting individuals who have no respect for any type of inclusion in society. Shame on you, shame on you. 
My guest today is boxing champion Scott Cardle, who was born in England, but his dad Joe, a Glasgow native, ensured that Scott would be taught the Celtic way from a young age. After a glittering amateur career, where Scott represented his country, he won numerous international honours and was unlucky not to win a medal at the World Championships before he turned professional with Eddie Hearn and the Matchroom team. He was trained under the famous Joe Gallagher in Manchester and will go on to lift the British lightweight title. And here's how I got on earlier when I chatted to Scott. Hi Scott, you're very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. How is life and what has lockdown been like for you and your wife Carla? How's it going, Andrew? Yeah, thanks for inviting me on this. This is brilliant. I'm over the moon to be on it. Uh, Lockdown, it's been been quite eventful, to be fair. I've had, uh, we've actually, well, my wife's gave birth to our firstborn, um, little Darcy Anna Cardle. She's 12 weeks on Saturday, so it's been eventful, to be fair. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's been hard work. It's been all right, to be fair. It's been good. Um, but yeah, obviously, being starting this parenthood, it's it's hard work and it's full on. So it's it's good to get the time I've got with my wife, with my my little daughter, and spend the time that we've had so far. It's been great. And congratulations! Uh, I I seen little Darcy with uh, her papa. He can't get enough of her. Yeah, obviously that that's only been happening for the past two or three weeks, which has been a shame because with everything going on. We haven't been able to share the baby to anyone, you know what I mean? We've a bit like Darcy's only got the chance to touch another human being in the past three weeks. So likes of our grand and papa, they've they've took full advantage and they've been cuddling into her as much as possible. So she's uh, she's definitely well loved and all that much. But well, make sure you enjoy every minute because uh them sleepless nights are nothing compared to the teenage years. <laughs> yeah, that's true, pal, yeah. I'm feeling tired already, don't get me wrong. Obviously, boxing fans will know you, and those who meet you, who met you in Glasgow and at Celtic Park uh, will know who you are. But can you give an introduction to yourself, to the wider listenership? Obviously, yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, Scott Cardle, that's my name. I've, I've boxed for over 22 years, I think it's 23 years. Amateur, I boxed for the, the Team GB squad for six years. I've travelled the world with Team GB, winning medals. Folks a lot, obviously, on the same team as the likes of Luke Campbell, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. The list goes on, to be fair. Turning pro in 2012 with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Sport. Won the Central Area t- title, which was obviously the, the area that I'm, I live in, that I'm from. Won the English title, won the British title, defended that three times. Obviously, at the end of my career, I was trying to get that last British title win to win the belt right. That didn't come off. And my last fight, losing to Scotland's very own Ricky Burns. I wouldn't say that ended my career because I did want that comeback fight, but there was nothing available for me. So uh, New Year's Day, I thought, if I, well, obviously, before that, I was thinking, if I don't have a fight by Christmas, that was Christmas 2018, sorry. Um, I thought, don't have a fight by Christmas. Call it a day. My wife was pregnant. My health comes first. I just thought, right. So New Year's Day, I announced it on Twitter. I announced it on Facebook. Let everyone know it was game over. I was proud of my career, don't get me wrong. But obviously the man I am, I always thought I could have done more. But again, very proud of what I've achieved in the sport of boxing. 
and I'm still living in boxing in a way. I'm personal training. I'm doing. I'm doing a lot, trying to give back to the community, hoping for a gym to be up and running by the end of the year. So it's all, it's all looking good. Just enjoying my time at the moment with the, my wee baby and my, my wife and everything's looking good so far. So I'm happy. Scott, I had the pleasure of being ringside to see you winning and I also had the misfortune, I suppose, to be ringside when you lost and you yeah. gave me plenty of highs and plenty of lows and you got me up yeah. out of my seat. So thanks very much for, for the memories. I boxed as a kid myself, as an amateur boxer, and I know how tough it is, both mentally and physically. So I can only imagine what it's like in the uh, pro ranks because I remember uh, when you lost your British title, uh, we were supposed to have a beer back in the hotel and you just went to bed because you were, you were just so gutted not to get that Lonsdale belt. Yeah, well, I, I think, like, obviously, with, with the likes of boxers coming through the ranks at the moment, you, you can't overlook anyone, to be fair. And that is pretty much what I did with uh, Robbie Barrett. With the likes of that fight, I only chose that fight because he was a southpaw and uh, I'd already arranged a fight with Luke Campbell for my final defence after that. And that's exactly what happened. I've looked past Robbie Barrett, which no disrespect to him, but he's nowhere nowhere near my class. And that, that's what it what shows is you can't look past anyone. At the end of the day, Robbie Barrett's only chance to get a British title and he took it with both hands and he beat me. Don't get me wrong, I had him on the canvas twice and I didn't take advantage of that and this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, it's the, it's the game I'm in and it's um, eye for an eye at the end of the day. You've just got to be on top. That is the, the defining moment. I remember speaking to you after the press conference, which was in Glasgow. I think Sadiq had played midweek. It was the following morning. And I do remember you talking that day about Luke Campbell and I did think yeah. you know you shouldn't be looking that far ahead but it's, exactly. it's natural it was the big it is natural don't get me wrong but it's, I'll be honest with you Andrew it's, it's what I've always lived I've always kept the fight in front of me that should not be the only thing in your mind so for me to think elsewhere is unknown for me really and to be fair that that is the reason because if you do look past what, what's in front of you You'll never, you'll never achieve it. You know what I mean. So don't get me wrong. I've always been the type to never live with regrets, and I don't live with regrets. If I was to go back and do it all over again, I would do it differently. But uh, again, I, I don't live with regrets. I've, I'm very, I'm very grateful for what I've achieved. And it's just how how the world world goes, as it? it's how life goes. And you're a big sporting family. Uh, your brother Joe. I think he's currently with Paddock Tessel. I, I remember him playing. I remember him playing for the Fairman. One of the first times I met you, we, I think it was Celtic Rangers game. He was so. Yeah, well, I've been. Yeah, obviously, sport family. John must be very proud of his two boys to, to reach so far in sport. Did you play football as a kid? I did. Yeah. Well, I was never. I was never on the same level as my big brother, but I played for Burnley as a as a kid, and it was one of them. You know what I mean? Obviously, I got to an age where. Because I was doing both, I was playing football and, play, uh, and boxing at the same time. But I got to the age of being able to compete at the age of eleven, uh, compete as a boxer. So it was it was one of them. I had to choose in a way. I had to choose because at the end of the day, if you if you go into boxing, if you go into a fight, you're going to compete. You've got to put your all into it. You know what I mean? It's not a part time job. To be fair, it's got to be full on. You've got to be a hundred percent. So. 
when it came to the time that I was due to box and to compete, I thought, right, I've got to go one way or the other. And I thought, stick with boxing. I enjoyed it. I was good at it, don't get me wrong. I was, but I, at that age, I was a bit flashy and I, I thought I was a Nazim Hamed. And, <laughs> and I did, I'm not going to lie. To be fair, the best thing that could have happened was I lost my first fight. I came out, I had the Nazim shorts on, I had the leopard prints on. And I came out, it was actually at a Celtic supporters club. I came out, I had, no, it wasn't, I had a, a tricolour on, a tricolour shorts on, a Celtic vest on, because it was a Celtic uh, social club. So I came out and everyone was roaring for me. I came out and um, we, I, I couldn't get a fight on the night, so my dad just went to the matchmaker and said, listen, Put him in with anyone. He'll take on anyone. And that is the attitude I've always had till the, my last fight, really. And uh, they put me in with the Northwest champion at the time. And I didn't I didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? I just went in. A fight's a fight to me. So I went in. I gave it a good go. Don't get me wrong. But I lost the fight. And uh, it was one of them, obviously. Losing that fight, it humbled me in a way. I got rid of the, the flashiness and got down to the, the Mike Tyson style and that's what made me in a way obviously lose my first fight and, and uh, coming back my, my second fight I stopped the kid in the second round and I was only 12 then and I just thought right this is for me that and I stuck in at it and obviously 20 years down the line I've, I've achieved achieved enough to be proud of it so no better man than Joe to stick it in with anyone I tell you what, obviously the boy, I don't think he carried on or nothing like that, but he was a good amateur, you know what I mean? He was one of them. It's, it makes you a better man, doesn't it, to, to fight the best. So I lost plenty anyway, so I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It's part of learning, isn't it? Yeah, we spoke about your dad there. Joe left Glasgow. Memory serves me right. He told me he left Glasgow as a teenager, Yeah, uh, headed down to Blackpool, and he discovered one of my favourite musics, Northern Soul, which is an underground dance music scene from the 70s, frame the listeners, which was in the north of England, where kids would dance the night away till the early morning. That's not the, the question. I was, just, I was just painting a picture of Joe. But the Glasgow connection. Yeah, well, obviously, all my family is still up the road and I go up whenever I can, really. I love it up there. And, um, I love to see the family and I'd, I'd love to get the chance to see them more, to be honest, but uh, whenever I come up, I, I do try and get to the games as much as possible as well. We jump on the Blackpool Celtic supporters bus, and it's always good laugh going up with them boys as well. So it's one of them. Like obviously, don't get a chance as much as maybe the the fans up the road. But whenever I do, I, I take advantage and I I get to as many many games as possible. Uh, Glasgow's always been a special city to me. Obviously, I've always considered myself a Glaswegian, to be to be honest, until I go up the road and get told how English I sound. So it's it's what I am. It's, but obviously, down living in a little uh, Lancashire, England, people just think I'm I'm Scottish. I'm from Glasgow, and I like it like that. You know what I mean? I like being different in a way. So it's always good. So yeah, and obviously getting the chance to fight in Glasgow at the Hydro and. I've had I've had some great nights in Glasgow, obviously Celtic related and boxing related. So it's always it's always got a place in my heart, Glasgow, definitely. 
yeah, the family must be so proud of you, and they must be so proud of you when you, you know, when you wore the four leaf clover on the shorts. Every time you fought, that four leaf clover was with you. Glasgow, as you say, you consider it as part of your home. You fought there many times. As I said, I had the pleasure to see you fighting in Glasgow. Now, what a day. You go, I go to see Celtic in the afternoon and I go to see boxing in the evening, the perfect oh, day. And I even yeah. get a few beers. But many boxers, from a business point of view, they're told to steer clear of football colours or tribalism. Yeah. Now, you, know, you could have been down the route English, you could have been down the route Scottish, but you put the four-leaf clover. From a business point of view, you know, where you advised, don't attach yourself to Celtic, look for the broader audience. It's one of them, really, obviously. I remember being, I think it was my first fight in Glasgow. I was up for a press conference and obviously I was around all the Scottish fighters and one of the boys said, you should get rid of that. You've lost 50% of your, your crowd there. I said, I'll be honest, it's 50% I want to get rid of. And it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a daft thing to say at the time, but I was I have been daft in the past, you know what I mean? He said, at the end of the day, I'm a Celtic man and being being obviously living in the turn at eleven, it's not like that, you know what I mean? There's I'm not like, we're the only Celtic family pretty much in this town at the end of the day. I haven't got anything to worry about when it comes to that. I, I totally understand with the likes of the boxers in Scotland not promoting the fact that they're Celtic or Rangers because it can get a bit heavy, you know what I mean? Because it still gets heavy when it when it comes to the football cars and things like that. But at the end of the day, like obviously, I've always wanted to promote the fact that I'm I am Scottish, even though I've boxed for England for six seven years. I've I've always felt part of the Scottish team, to be honest. And whenever I was on the GB squad, I always got pally with the Scottish boys before anything else. And so that that little bit of showing my colours as a Celtic man shows that I'm also a Scottishman and you know what I mean it's it goes a bit further than just just a football team and anyone that supports Celtic know it's more than just a football team. It's it's a way of life in a way. And I'll be honest, like when it comes to football in general, I I fell off the wagon a while back because obviously with the likes of lockdown you don't know what's going on anyway but Whatever happens, I'll always be a Celtic man, and that goes without saying. So that just lets you know it's it's more than just a football team. You know what I mean? It's it's a lifestyle in a way, and I've always lived by that. My dad's always drilled that into us as kids, and and it's it's just a way of life. And it's I'm glad to be a part of the the Celtic family. To be fair, and we are so glad to have you part of it. You did get a chance to put on the hoops. You played in the charity games. Yeah, it was a Jock Steen charity match. Um, Celtic, it was Celtic All Stars against Dunfermline All Stars. So that was up in Dunfermline Stadium, uh, East End Park. And I tell you what, it was it was unreal to be honest. Like, it was it was all the players that I loved as a kid, like Tosh McKinley, and Jackie McNamara, Jonathan Gould, and that. You know what I mean? It was brilliant. It was even Petrov and. Chris Sutton, Neil Lennon, I played amongst all these boys. You know what I mean? I was just thinking, I was, I was like, a, I was back to my childhood days. You know what I mean? I was in awe by it all. But um, I got about twenty minutes on the pitch. I made a fool of myself and then got taken off. But it was, uh, it was good to be a part of it. To be fair, it was brilliant. You're probably fitter than them all at that stage, anyway. I don't know about that. 
I tell you one thing. Oh, Joe must be very proud. Yeah, he loved it on that day. Obviously, we we got it was a bit of a dinner show afterwards, and we were all together. And that. let's be honest, like the, the the guys that was playing amongst the they are the legends in, in Celtic. You know what I mean? So it was uh, it was good to share a table with them, share a football pitch with them. It was uh, it was a special moment for all of us, to be honest. It was good. Oh, brilliant. Now I want to go back to your boxing. I want to know what it feels like. What was the high of winning the British title? Well, it was it was a grueling, tough, tough training camp towards it. It was it was ten weeks and it was pretty much isolation from everything else but boxing. And and to be fair, I'm glad looking back, I, I wouldn't have changed a thing. You know what I mean? It was I knew that I had a, a tough fight ahead of me. Craig Evans was up and coming at the at the time and. Obviously, I think he's still at it at the moment. He's, I think he's the WBO European champion at the moment. So it, it was one of them. I knew that I had a tough fight on my hands. Um, it was He's a southpaw, which made it more difficult, as always. And it was just from the age of seven, I remember being in the, the boxing gym. And I remember there was an old chap that came in. He had a British title. Uh, he had a Lonsdale belt. He came in with it, and I was watching it. I was looking at it, I was thinking, wow, what do I do to get one of them? You know what I mean? I was only a kid at the time. So to think back, it was that in my mind. Going into the fight, I've got to get hold of that. You know what I mean? I need to keep hold of that. Ideally, that's what I wanted to win out right. That was my objective before any other title came into play. But yeah, it was there was no feeling like it. I knew before the, my hand was raised that I'd got it in the bag, but I'd worked hard for it. It was a tough fight, and it was it was a great fight. You know, what I mean, it was a great fight to be a part of. It was just one of them nights. It was obviously we we got the the next morning. We we got the first flight to Marbella and partied away for the following five days. But no, there was no there was no feeling like it. Even to this day, obviously, the only feeling like it was the arrival of our baby daughter. And that was like tw- twelve weeks ago. So again. Special feeling, a feeling that will never leave me, but it just makes you think all that hard work and dedication was worthwhile. Sure was. Now, some tough fights on the way then. You defended the title a couple of times and then lost the title. You know, you win your next fight, you lose your next fight. It's kind of, you're winning and losing and then a massive fight comes along. You're fighting world multiple title holder, Ricky Bones. No problem getting up for that fight, I wouldn't imagine. Well, it was a funny one, to be fair, because the training camp was going great because the fight was for Joe Cordina. I was due to fight Joe Cordina, and with a week's notice, um, I got a call from the matchmaker from, from uh, Matchroom saying Joe Cordina's pulled out. He's he's pulled a nerve in his arm or something like that. I'm thinking, like, obviously, the way I was feeling, I felt at the time untouchable, you know what I mean? Obviously, I was fully focused for Cordina and his style and I was well-conditioned for Cordina. And um, I thought I had a new trainer who conditioned me like no other. And I just thought, right, well, get me a good fight. I said to him, get me a good fight. I need something worth fighting for because I've, I've worked hard. It's been, I think it was about 12 weeks. I was non-stop training for and um, a couple of days went I got the call saying 
Ricky Burns. So obviously it shocked me, don't get me wrong, it shocked me when when they say Ricky Burns because I asked for a tough fight. I did, I asked for a hard one, I asked for a, a fight worth fighting for. And he's come to me saying Ricky Burns, so I'm out. Right, let me let me sit down with my coach and we'll go over it. I'll get back to you in the next hour or so. So I went to my, my coach's pub, sat down, had a chat, me, my dad and my coach at the time, Matthew Ellis. And I was quite sceptical about it all. I knew Ricky Burns. I've I've been a fan of Ricky for years. And, and uh, it was one of them, to be fair, I just thought, when it comes to a fighter like Ricky, you've got to prepare. You've got to, you've got to have a good ten week camp, focus on his style, and conditioning for that style. I thought Cordina's a total, totally different fighter. So ideally, I said let's skip it. As I said to, and I'm not, I'm never one to pull out a fight. And I said to my coach at the time, I don't think it's a good idea. That, I personally think we should, with a week's notice, I, I think we should maybe ask for another option. And my coach at the time, Matthew Ellis, he said, I think you beat him. I think you, you beat Ricky, hands down. So obviously that in my head thinking, I've always thought that. And I have. Even though I was a fan of Ricky, I, I spent two weeks sparring Ricky and a, a couple of years ago and I, I felt great. I felt like a... I was on top most of the spars and so it just it, it took for for him to say I think you beat him just made me think right let's do it and obviously that that's just my mind you know what I mean I've I've always had that fighting mentality and I've never been one to pull out a fight so if someone says I can win I'm going for the win and obviously watching back watching back the fight is is clear to see I've I've never been put into a situation like that. I've never been put on the canvas, simple as. I've never been put down. So to see that just shows me that I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? He's like, obviously, people say about Ricky not being a puncher and anything like that, but I've taken some big shots in the past. And that shot that he clocked me with was one hell of a shot. And hands, hands up, like, it's one of them. I wasn't ready for it. I I take that on board and after the fight I tried to get that comeback fight, nothing happened. And obviously people always think now that, that was the fight that retired me. And if it, if that's so then, then I'm, I'll take that on the chin as well. But it was one of them, you know what I mean? Nothing was available for me and it it took for me to to get to the likes of Christmas the year after. Obviously that was that fight was in November. It took me to the Christmas the year after to realise there's nothing nothing coming my way. So I just announced my retirement there and then. But it's one of them. I, I hope Ricky gets another chance of a world title because I know he's got plenty more in the tank. He's an old boy. He is. He's a good age, to be fair. But he's a he's a good fighter. He's he's just got that. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's he's got the experience that showed in the fight. I think he's got. Obviously, he's got the. He's got the, the, the motor on him. He's got enough in the engine. I think he, he can go on to win another world title, to be fair, but that's if he gets the opportunity. Yeah, there's no shame in there. Listen to someone like Ricky Bones, Scotty. Oh. Um, something I've noticed as well with, with footballers, you know, when you're on the way up and things are going well, everyone wants to be in your company and everyone wants a party. 
when the final bell sounds or the final whistle for football players, you're not on the TV anymore. You're not answering questions at the press conferences. Do people disappear? And is it tough mentally? Yeah. I, yeah, without a doubt, obviously. But I've experienced both sides of it. I've had my, my, my changing room's been chocker after a fight and my, my last few fights has been empty, you know what I mean? So obviously it, it is true. And um, with the likes of boxing specifically, it's, it's, a, it's a tough old game. And it's you asking about it affecting you mentally. And I've, I've been depressed. And I, I've got no shame in saying that. And I, I, I actually say anyone that's gone through what I've been through, which is most fighters, to be fair, I can imagine most fighters go through that same depression, to be honest. Because when it comes to you, you're at such a high, everywhere you go, if, you, if you're if you on a night out, everyone's shaking your hand, people you don't even know shaking your hand. Even when I was in Glasgow, I was getting, I was getting everyone like, I went to Dublin, everyone's stopping me for pictures. I'm thinking, what the hell? Bit of a star here, you know what I mean? And it is what now you've got that in your head, like you know what I mean? What the hell, you know what I mean? All I do is I have a few fights a year and obviously being on Sky Sports it, it helps, don't get me wrong, but it just takes that one loss, you know what I mean? And and going through the same on the same nights out and you're not getting as much attention as you are and nobody's like bothering with you anymore. And I'll be honest, like it's quite it's quite vain when you think about it, but it goes through your head, you know what I mean? It's a it's a massive thing with the on the mental side and obviously because when I was going through all this and people coming up shaking my hands, it was motivation to keep me training and keep stay on it and well, obviously it's it's one of them and yeah I've I've been depressed. I've I've felt the full effect of it, to be honest. So, um, and like I say, I, I can imagine over 70 percent of the boxing, uh, the boxers feel the same, but not many will admit it because the fighters and they keep in all the emotions. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're 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 trained to do that. We we can we can't tell our coaches how sore this is, you know what I mean? So it's one of them. It's I've been there, I've I've experienced the hard times of boxing, the good times of boxing. And it's it's been tough, but with a good family, with the close ones next to you, the people that you trust and you would tell everything to, if you keep them close to you, keep them helping you, you're gonna end up okay, you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, it's one of them. You just gotta go through it. It's for after losing my, my my first fight, my first loss, I was I was in a hell of a state. And even though that that I should have, well, it was one of them. It was I would never say that I should have won it because I know where I went wrong. But having them down on the canvas a couple of times, and I should have jumped on that. And even knowing that I was a better fighter, it killed me. It was for weeks and weeks. I, I kept myself indoors and I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to speak to anyone. My wife was in a bad way with it because of, because of the way I was. It was it was hard. I, I'll be honest. For any fighter that's going that's going through the same or has been through the same, they should always express it. 
because that's where I went wrong. Because soon as I did start expressing it to my my closest, that's where I I, I overcame it. You know what I mean? And it got okay. And obviously, like to now, even after a Ricky Bump fight that year, that I tried to get the fight, the comeback fight, I was in a bad way. I was waiting for that fight date to get my get my mental side back on track. But it never came, and I was depressed for over a year. And I was in a bad way about it all. And as soon as I announced my retirement, I snapped out of it. I thought, right, I've got to get myself back on track, build a new career, build this, and get myself back on track. And that's what I've done. And I'm happy where I'm at now. I'm, I'm hoping for a, a gym down the line, and I want to go through the same of same as what I've been through with my coaches, you know what I mean? I want to I wanna raise kids into champions, to be fair, and that's, that is the goal. And because of your experiences, you'll be able to pass on so much to them. Now, boxing is it's a lonely sport, it's a tough sport, and the dedication you must have had from an early age to reach the levels you reached in amateur boxing, and then in the pro ranks as well. Did you ever feel, you know, is it worth all this? You know, you're missing out in football, you're missing out on nights out with the boys, a few beers, you know, you have to make way. There are struggles. Did you ever feel, you know, oh, just not worth it? Or was it always, no, I'm going to make this? Yeah, it was always that, to be fair. Don't get me wrong, was, there was times that I was gutted that I'm missing holidays with the boys and like nights out with the lads and even like, just like little little things, you know what I mean. Like family does. I have to stay indoors, and I can't. I can't. I've got to watch what I mean. I can't have a drink. And it's been tough, but it's because it started from such an early age. It's, it's been second nature, obviously, for for so many years. And there did come a time where it was. It, it didn't even come into my mind to do anything else. You know what I mean? It was. It was that way and nothing else. So it was always like that That in my mind, oh, I'm missing out on this, I'm missing out on that. But I've always known, I've never been pushed in a bad way, you know what I mean? I've always pushed myself. I've always been the type, like even my mum and dad had me participating in every sport possible as a kid just to see what, what I wanted. It took a few years for them to realise that because I loved a little scrap in school and, you know what I mean? That you may you may be all right at boxing. So I, I started boxing at the age of seven. It was just the the moment of walking into the boxing gym that changed me. You know what I mean? It was it was the smell of dirty gloves and you know what I mean, smelly, sweaty, sweaty gloves and just it wasn't a nice environment, but it was the I loved it. I loved to be there. It was just spitting sawdust. It was a it was a proper old man's gym and it was just, I felt at home as soon as I walked in. And from then onwards, I just, just it was tunnel vision, to be fair. I just, I stuck in at it and I've missed out on so much as a kid and I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't go back and change it one bit because of what I've, what I have experienced, I've travelled the world, you know what I mean? I've, I've been to countries that I would never even think about going to. I've been, you know what I mean, Macedonia, Ukraine, and India, and you know what I mean. I've been to all these places that I would never think about, and I've had some great experiences. So, no, it's uh, it's always been that 
that way and no other way. He mentioned your mom there. We spoke about your dad uh, earlier on. Your mom had a stroke and, th- and thank yeah. you, she's, re- she's recovered. When was that, Scotty? And, and how does that affect you? Uh, that was nine years ago now. So it was early, early in the year. So it would have been 2011. I was still amateur at the time. It affected me massively. I was, because obviously the first few months she couldn't talk. She, she was bed bound. She couldn't walk. It was it was a tough one. It was a it was a bad stroke. It wasn't it wasn't a mild stroke. It was it was a serious one. It was it was uh, nearly fatal. So it was it was a killer. At the time, like obviously, I haven't mentioned this to most, but I had a little fallout with my dad over something stupid, no doubt. And uh, I was at a, a GB uh, training camp in Sheffield, and my phone rang. I remember it was my dad. And I was thinking. You know what I mean? I'm not answering that, so I, I I just blanked it and I never answered. He left a message. I thought, "What's going on here?" He left a message saying, and "I could hear it. Hear it soon, soon as soon as he said, "All right, pal." I just thought, "Can I what's happened here?" He said, um, "Your mum's not very well. Get yourself back as soon as you can." So I phoned him. He told me what had happened. Uh, I didn't have. Something happened with my car, so I went, I got the train there at the time. So I had to get one of the, one of the boys, Warren Baster, took me to Preston Hospital, which was about over two hundred miles away. You know what I mean? So so I got him to take me to Preston Hospital. Found out everything. They thought it was an aneurysm at first, so we didn't even think it was a stroke. It could have been something as bad as an aneurysm. So it was one of them, my dad ran to me, gave me a big cuddle. It was one of them. I thought it was game over for my mom and. It was horrible. It was the first, even the first few weeks. Couldn't converse with her. Couldn't understand what what had actually happened because my mom was a fit girl. You know what I mean? She was she was working at the time. She was always walking here and there. She was, you know what I mean? So it was one of them. So to this day, I don't think we know what actually caused it, but it definitely brought us closer as a family. Even though we've always been a very close family, we've always been the closest. But it was it was a scare, and I was due to go to Russia, and a couple of weeks into the stroke, I was like, forget that. I'm not just going to a training camp in Russia. I'm not going. Oh, my mom, obviously she couldn't talk at the time, but she was like humming, mm, mm, you've got to go, type of thing. So I thought, right, well, if she wants me to go, I've got to go. So I went, and it just. From then on, I, I got got back from Russia and I was seeing improvements each time. And my mom's a strong girl, and I think what she's gone through shows how strong she is. And and obviously how she's looking now, she's got herself back on her feet. She's walking, she's talking fine. Don't get me wrong, she's I wouldn't say she's fully recovered. I don't think she would say the same. But if anyone was to see of her, they think she she has. But yeah, she's. I think her mentality brushes off on me and she's been an inspiration since I've turned professional and I've achieved a lot through her. Obviously, from what she's achieved, I've achieved little, very much little to what she's achieved and I'm, I'm very proud of what she has achieved. And now, Scotty, she has a new baby in the family too. Exactly. Well, that's, that's no, motivation. Going back to having a clover, on my shorts, that that stems from my mum because obviously the the first few fights was 
was a silver clover. And there was one, obviously, a clover being four hearts. And the four hearts was always me, my brother, my mum and my dad, the family. And uh, so my first few fights, the clover on my shorts was always one of the hearts was red, which was my mum. That was, the red heart was always my mum. And the better she got, the more I thought, right, well, she's, it's just one big heart now, you know what I mean? It's one, it's one clover. So the old, like by the end of the end of my career, it was all all the same color, whether it was green or silver. There was no more red heart because she'd she's recovered, and uh, that's that's pretty much obviously with me being a Celtic man as well. This it was two meanings, two obviously with the clover and the four hearts. So it meant it meant a lot to me and with my mum overcoming what she had suffered. There's a lot a lot of meaning to it. Sure is, Scotty. Where do I take up from that? I suppose I'll take up with your mates. The Gallagher gym, full of champions. I suppose the Gallagher gym was probably like another family. What a successful gym it was. Like There was Anthony Crawler, Scott Quigg, the Smith brothers. There was the Manchester, Liverpool, the Void. It must have been a good time to be involved in the gym. And although there was a lot of hard work to be done, and I'd say there was some tough sparring, every one of them boxes I mentioned, Dante, you'd be successful. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's been a obviously it's a family to be honest, the the Gallagher's boys and I'm still in touch with the boys on a daily basis and we've always been very close. It's been more than just boxing, it's we've we've been a team, we've been good friends, we've been family and I've been to all the family functions with them all and it's it's like I'll be honest, going back to the amateur days it was Tom Stalker. That took me to the Gallagher's gym when I was a kid. Well, not a kid, but I was uh, an amateur. And I went to Spark Raw, and uh, obviously I, I had in my mind I was going to turn pro soon anyway. So after the sparring, and I, I'd sat down and I just, I pretty much watched Joe Gallagher at work and seeing what he was all about and what he was doing with the boys and that. And to be honest, it's, from watching what Joe was doing, he had a lot of thought into the game and he always had the boys first, you know what I mean? Obviously, everything. He used to dissect everything. Everything went into his mind, you know what I mean? You could see that he was, in a way, he was a bit of a geek when it come to boxing. He, was, he knew everything. and He was not much of a successful fighter in, in his day or nothing like that, but he was he was clued up. He knew about boxing. He knew how to, how to manage and coach a fighter. And that's what I seen from the first day that I trained there. And um, obviously, when I did think about turning over, he was the first man I spoke to. And, and from then on, obviously, the first day that I had in, at Joe's gym, he tried to break me, and he he tried he wanted to see what I was all about. And he tried well, he he wanted me to give up. That's what he wanted. He wanted to see if I was strong enough to overcome it or if I wanted to pack it in and I just kept going, I kept going. I was fit at the time and I just kept going through everything. Everything that he told me to do, I was doing. And uh, he, he looked impressed. And from then on, I, I stayed with the boys. And uh, even like going back from the first year, uh, John Murray, Joe Murray, they were all there. You know, all the boys were there. And it was uh, from early on, it was a great team to be involved in. Uh, the long runs in the Yorkshire Moors that we did every weekend. And it was uh, it was tough. 
it was hard, hard work, but because of the boys around you, it was a good time as well. It was fun. It was the banner was great. It was long days, long hours, but it was um, brilliant. And obviously, the boys that are still fighting now are very successful. The boys that have packed in, they retired, and have achieved everything that they've wanted to. They've been world champions, Scott Clegg, Anthony Crawler, world stages. You know what I mean? They've they've achieved everything they wanted to. So I'm proud to be a part of such a good team and I'm I'm lucky to have them as good pals now, you know what I mean? And to be in touch on a daily basis with them. So it's always been special to be part of the Gallagher's boys, definitely. I hope you remind them, because I know there's a lot of Man United and Liverpool fans in that gym. I hope you remind them that every time they come up against Celtic, we always get a result. Well, they know that already, don't they? Yeah, it's, they, uh, don't get me wrong, <laughs> We've had some good banner in the past, and especially with the Manchester and Liverpool divides mostly on their toes. But whenever Celtic's been involved, I've always come out on top. So that's always a good thing. And you mentioned there as well when you were part of the amateur setup with, with GB. Your roommate was Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah. I've spent some good times with Anthony, to be fair. Obviously, but he came he came on the GB podium squad, um, and he was. He was just a novice to everyone, you know what I mean? He was, he was, uh, he'd, I, I think he'd only had a handful of fights at the time, but he'd won the ABA, so he got the chance to, to fight amongst us boys, and he got the chance. And I remember going to Azerbaijan with him and the Olympic qualifiers. I'd lost to the, the kid who I'd beat, Alexis Bastin, and he was, he was up against the, uh, well, no, that that's where he qualified. He qualified in Azerbaijan. I think he lost to the Azerbaijani in the finals. So he got a silver medal at the Worlds. But yeah, I'll be honest, like even all of us as a team, we were we were in shock that he'd he'd come this far in such a little time, you know what I mean? He was he was only a novice. I think he'd only he'd had under ten fights anyway. Unbelievable. Yeah, incredible. Just look at him now, you know what I mean? He's world champion. He's known by everyone all over the world, you know what I mean? And I'd like to think if I, if, if I bumped into him, it would just be like old times. And I hope that, that would be right. But obviously, he's, he's looked up by everyone now, you know what I mean? He's, he's a he's, superstar. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's it. And even Fury, going back to the early stages of the GB squad, I was with Fury and Fury was just a big daft kid, you know what I mean? He was like <laughs> compared to what he is now, he's he was just a he was a shy, he was quite shy. I remember it was me and all I trying to get something off the vending machine, it was hanging, and one of the boys said, Tyson, go on, use your strength, knock off. He was like, Oh no, I can't do that. Police will come and get me and all that. And I'm thinking he's wearing the pen that kid, you know what I mean? But it's just it's one of them, you know what I mean? Being on the GB squad, you see these boys, you know what I mean? The, we're all a team. Like Luke Campbell, he's he, I reckon he'll get a world, another world title chance in, uh, in the following year. You've got Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, I didn't think would would do anything. And look at him, he's a world champion. He's, he's taking over. And obviously, actually, he, was in, he was my roommate. Josh Taylor was my roommate in Azerbaijan. And um, he was my last roommate, to be honest. And look at look at what he's done. He's won that Super Six tournament. He's these guys. They 
you know, I mean, they've they've done so much in the game and hats off to them. I'm, I've um, I'm happy to have spent so many times with them and I've had a good career with all these boys as a team, so it's been good. Well, I can't have you on the show without asking you then. Who wins, Fury or Joshua? Right. Well, when it comes to it, I'll be supporting big man, big Joshua, but. I've got to say Fury. I think Fury's a better fighter. I hate to say it, I do, I hate to say it, but as a boxing fan, I think Fury wins. I think Fury wins. It's a boxing lesson. I hate to say it, it's a boxing lesson. I think think Joshua's good. I do rate Joshua highly, but when it comes to, if it's a boxing match, uh, Big Fury wins. Oh, what a talent. What a fight. We look forward to that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, can't wait. I think that should happen before this Deontay Wilder rematch. I, I, I think that should be put to bed now. I think Wilder will be put to bed now. So you, you spoke there, you're going to open your own gym and you're going to start coaching. That would be another great chapter. I think so. Yeah, obviously, I'm, at the moment, I'm, I'm doing the personal training side and I've got a few kids on board at the moment, but it's mostly like the, the middle-aged women, the middle-aged men that want to, when I get fit through boxing. And to be fair, I'm, I'm quite happy with, with that side of it as well. Obviously, it's a moneymaker and I'm doing well with it. So, But obviously, once the, once the gym's up and running, I would like, ideally, I would like to go through the amateur scene and, and build kids into a good foundation of boxing and build champions. To be fair, that, that is the goal. And I know, like, I'll be the first to tell you there's no money to be made in that game, but it's more the the pride of building that building that stable of champions. That's what I want. There's a club in our hometown, which, which I was a member of when it started. And we started in a prefab. It's called the Holy Family Boxing Club. And Damien McKenna was probably the most high-profile. Damien would have boxed in the World Championships in Belfast. And like yourself, you, you know, he boxed Royal and won four senior titles and a brilliant career. But he's took over. He's the head coach now. And... It's a superb gym now that was built by the community. The time the lads pour into the kids is just unbelievable. And it's I'm sure yours will be a success like them. But it, like I know from first hand what it gives to the community. And yeah, well, of course. As Celtic fans, we know what Celtic does for the community as well. Before we wrap up, Scott, I'll go back to... Um, I bumped into you a few times during the nine in a row. You know, great times to be a Tim. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't have a few drinks with us because you were normally always in training camp. Yeah, but, uh, myself and Joe made up for you. And, uh, <laughs> I think the last time you were drinking black coffee. What highlights stick out for you from you know the last nine seasons? What do you expect this year? Do you expect them to do the ten? I can only think so. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's it's been it's been a great nine seasons. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's been ups and downs, but I'm glad that Lennon's on board now. I think I think he's he's building a good team now. I think. Uh, you can see the whole the whole morale of it all, you know what I mean? It's a bit of a... The, the team is more of a team now, you know what I mean? That's what I've noticed. and I, I think the 10 in a row is bound to happen. I'm, I'm enjoying it now, obviously, with Lennon on board. Lennon has a lot of love for the, the club itself and he's a good Celtic man. I think he'll lead us on to even more success and even more, hopefully, European honours and onwards but um, I'm just over the moon with the boys at the moment obviously we're locked down I'll be honest and with having a baby three months ago 
I've shut off from football totally, but I haven't caught up with any pre-season games or nothing. But I'm just obviously what once the new season's back up and running, and I just I'm looking forward to that and to building on for the ten in a row because I'm, uh, it's bound to happen. I've I've got no doubt of that. To be fair. Well, make sure you book a babysitter because that's going to be some weekend in Glasgow. That goes without saying, yeah, definitely. I'll be on the road for that without a doubt. Scott, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure to chat to you because we did chat for hours about boxing. But just like to thank you for coming on to the podcast and would you please give your regards to all the family and hopefully we can enjoy a point during the season now that you don't have to make weight. Yeah, we definitely will, Paul, yeah. I'll get them in. So, yeah, well, it's been too long, so I'll definitely get them in next. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> hail, hail, brother. Hail, hail. Thanks for having me, pal. Thanks to Scott for taking the time out to chat to me there. Another very honest interview, tackling some tough issues, which I sometimes had to open up on. So much respect, Scotty. Thanks once again to everyone who has visited our website, CelticFanzine.com and supported us by buying some of our Celtic Soul clobber and merchandise. New badge designs are now available by clicking celticfansin.com forward slash shop forward slash. We will continue to deliver a twice weekly free podcast, free news and historical articles on the website without Google adverts and we also have resisted the temptation to sign up for podcast adverts which interrupt the podcast. Thanks to every individual listener who has been in contact regarding supporting us. We are working on a support feature for the website and the supporters area. Work continues on developing a new app and improvements to the website and we hope to go live before the season kicks off. As always, thank you for listening and your continued support. The Celtic Soul podcast is available on all platforms. Hit the subscribe or follow buttons and you will never miss an episode. Or alternatively, you can visit celticfanzine.com forward slash podcasts forward slash where you will find every episode to listen to. If you are enjoying the podcast, visit our YouTube channel, Celtic Fanzine TV, where you will find Celtic AM live interviews from Malone's Glasgow and an in-depth interview with Irish international Gary Kelly. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, where we will have offers on merchandise and some competition. Thanks again to our sponsor, Orange Skip Heart. If your business or Celtic Supporters Club would like to sponsor an episode, please get in contact. You can email us, info at CelticFanzine.com. As always, thanks to our producer, Ronan McQuillan. Thank you so much for the positive feedback. Keep the comments coming in and don't forget to let us know your story or who you would like us to get on the podcast. This episode will be available to listen to on the day Celtic play PSG in Paris. Another good workout for the boys. And we will be back on Friday with episode 17 when actor Aaron McCusker of Shameless and Bohemian Rhapsody fame will be joining me for a chat about life growing up in Portadown, University in Glasgow, his acting career, and of course, his love of Celtic. Keep the faith and stay safe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 